0: Download with DP, a weekly podcast talking about high school and college sports right here in Central Illinois. I'll discuss what I saw in the past week, what's coming up on Channel 1450, and what we're looking forward to. Episode 44 has arrived, and we've got a busy one for you. I will start with what I saw in the past week, then I'll discuss what we plan to cover in the next seven days, and what will be on the website, and then it's a great conversation with Nick Broker discussing all things NFL Draft, which starts Thursday night. After the broker conversation, I'm joined by University of Illinois Springfield runner Chris Cherry for a great talk about all things running, cross-country, track, and plenty more. Let's start with... What I saw last Thursday, I spoke with Matt Lauber about leaving Southeast and heading to Rochester. And then I was over in Jacksonville for a soccer matchup between the Glenwood Titans and the Quincy Blue Devils. Glenwood gets a win in that one. On Friday, I was out in Rochester for the Rocket invite. What an honor to be able to hear about Robin Taft and the impact she had on Rochester athletics. The school put on an amazing ceremony together to honor her. That was posted on Saturday on the website if you are so inclined. As far as the track invite goes... Pleasant Plains girls and Auburn boys win the titles. It was great to see a lot of local talent on the track and give them a little spotlight that they deserve. On Saturday, Chatham welcomed one of the best teams in the Midwest on the soccer field, O'Fallon Township. The Titans had a two to one lead at halftime, but the Panthers answered with four goals in the second half for the big win. Let's jump to Monday. I headed to Lincoln for signing day. Eleven student athletes and three military members go check out those videos for signing day. Monday evening I headed over to Pleasant Plains to see the Cardinals beat Athens in soccer leading three to nothing at halftime. They finish at seven to nothing. The Cardinals will play Williamsville on Thursday for the invite title at 545 p.m on the new turf Jumping to Tuesday, Glenwood at Rochester and CS8 Soccer both entered undefeated in conference play. The Titans get two penalty kick goals from Hayden Volchek and another goal from Ryland Law to win 3-0 over Rochester. Back in Rochester on Wednesday for the Rockets versus Normal West. First half, the Rockets looked tired. They looked like they just played a very good physical game with Glenwood and they were down 1-0 in halftime. The Rockets responded with six second half goals to pick up a win over a very good team from Normal. Also Tuesday night, a big congratulations to Springfield High Baseball Head Coach Jim Steinwort on win number 700 in his career. It comes on a Chris Lemming no-hitter against Lanphier, and there is no one more deserving of the congratulations he gets for doing what he does best. Congrats, Coach Steinwort. Also, Channel 1450 is the only media outlet to cover the Girls City Track Meet on Wednesday. Congrats to SHG and Springfield on the tie. How often does that happen? Go check out the highlights on channel 1450 now what's coming up on channel 1450 on thursday we will have the pleasant plains signing day and the aforementioned pleasant plains girls soccer invite championship game between pleasant plains and williamsville that game is at five forty-five on the finished turf football field we will also have pleasant plains at williamsville baseball and porta at stanford olympia softball looking ahead to friday we will have the new berlin signing day We will also have either Glenwood Soccer hosting Maine South or Washington at Springfield High Baseball. Saturday, Quincy Notre Dame Girls Soccer at SHG at 11 a.m. And if Glenwood beats Maine South on Friday night in soccer, they will play for the championship on Saturday at noon at home against the winner of Morton and Althoff. We will also have complete draft coverage of the NFL draft whenever Nick Broker gets drafted. More on that with our conversation with him in a minute. But let's jump to next week and what's coming up on Channel 1450. On Monday, Springfield at QND Soccer. Olympia at U-High Softball. Williamsville at Rochester Softball. SHG at Plains Baseball. On Tuesday next week, Rochester at Glenwood Softball. Auburn at Porta Softball. Williamsville at New Berlin Baseball. And Glenwood at rochester baseball also on tuesday the city boys track meet at southeast and springfield high at rochester girls soccer springfield high and glenwood the two undefeated left in girls soccer in the cs8 so springfield high will go on the road and try to get that done next wednesday rochester at glenwood baseball glenwood at rochester softball U high at shg baseball and shg at williamsville soccer all right that's what's coming up on channel 1450 now here's my conversation with nick broker talking about the nfl draft all right nick uh the nfl draft 2023 is here how exciting is it to say that you're a part of this experience and you know this is kind of a lifelong lifelong dream
1: yeah definitely i mean like you said it's been kind of a dream my whole life so being able to be on this side of it's definitely really cool do
0: you remember the first time you stepped on this field as a shg football player
1: yeah definitely i mean it seems like it was so long ago but so you know like it was just yesterday at the same time. It's kind of one of those deals, but uh, yeah, a lot of great memories on
0: this field. When you get that chance to put on that gold helmet and, and play for Coach Leonard, what, what comes to mind when you remember your freshman and sophomore year coming out here?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was definitely a really cool experience to be a part of. Uh, my brother just got done winning back to like, state championships right before I got here, so the tradition here, everything involved, was definitely something really special to be a part of. How much did
0: you grow as a football player? playing these four
1: years at, at SSU A ton. I mean, I feel like I was night and day from the time I got here to the time I left. Just development here and everything that comes with it, you know, on and off the field. How much blood, sweat, and tears did you
0: pour into this field?
1: A lot uh, <laughs> during my time here. I mean, we had a – that was a really fun group to be a part of. Um, you know, just the guys I played with, you know, played with growing up as well. So being
0: able to be here with those guys was really cool. Getting coached by guys like Ken Leonard, Ken um, Leonard. Like Teddy. I mean, I know he, we, everybody misses him, but um, the, the work that he made you put in here, what what do you remember from that? How did that help you become who you are? Yeah,
1: definitely. I think, you know, just the habits I got into here with all my hard work are just things I kind of carried with me, even to this day, all through college. So just a lot of little things I learned here uh, definitely helped me progress to the
0: next level. Remember the night you scored the touchdown against the McCartney? 100%, yeah. We still talk about it a little bit. <laughs> the guys. When you get that play, what well, goes through your head is you're saying, He's gonna throw me the
1: ball. Yeah, I think the biggest thing was just make sure one was secure the catch and then I didn't really wanna get caught from behind. So that was kinda my big thing is you know, catch and score.
0: When you get into that end zone, what does it feel like knowing you just caught and scored a touchdown? It was pretty cool. Uh I didn't
1: I think that was my second touchdown in high school, so getting the score, you know, on scene or not here was really fun.
0: The journey that you decided after SHG was to go to Ole miss, um, obviously that was a great decision for you. When you look back at it now, um, what, what comes to mind at, with, with that career for you at Ole Miss?
1: Yeah, I mean, playing at Ole Miss, I mean, I'd do it, you know, if I was back in high school and got to sign the paper, I'd do it again. I mean, loved every second of being at Ole Miss, not just, you know, playing football there, being with the guys, being with Coach Kiffin, Coach Luke, all the different coaches I had there, Coach Thornton, everybody really. I mean, I was so blessed to be around so many great football minds and so many great people.
0: As you went into that journey and, and experienced, like you said, so many different coaching changes, playing in the SEC, um, what's something that you learned that maybe you didn't expect? I think, you know,
1: going into it, I didn't really expect all the coaching turnover, um, but obviously it's just kind of part of, of college football, especially nowadays. Um, to me, it almost helped me. I think just having different, you know, ways of doing it. Um, there's so many different ways of playing football, coaching football, so uh, just being around
0: so many different minds. Competing against the best of the best these last four years at Ole Miss, in the SEC, against national champions, against guys who were going to the league, how does that make you ready for this next step?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, Every week it's always somebody new. It's always somebody different. You know, one week it might be Will Anderson. Next week it's B.J. and yeah. The list just goes on and on and on of, you know, NFL guys that play in the SEC. So just a constant theme of getting ready. You know, every game is a different game.
0: You get to include your name to that list now. How does that feel to say, hey, now I'm on the other side of things. I'm the guy that played in the SEC and now is going to play in the NFL.
1: Yeah, it's definitely really cool. I mean, thinking about all the history of all the uh, – Ole Miss guys, all the SEC guys that play in the NFL, and be a part of
0: those statistics is really fun to be a part of. The line of SEC guys that made it to the NFL—we um, talk about Malik, we talk about Matt Mitrium, we talk about Albert O. Now, um, how does it feel to say you're a part of that list as well?
1: Yeah, it's gonna be really cool to be a part of. Um, just because there's so many, you know, guys who make it, you know, from other schools. You know, thinking about my time at Ole Miss, you know, talking about on the collegiate level you guys have produced, but. You know, being from Springfield, Illinois, and having a few guys that have played from SHG and being a part of that list is definitely really cool.
0: With that being said, you are going to be looked up to by everybody in the city, everybody in this community. Um, how does it feel to be that next role model for, for those young kids who were like you out there playing on those JFL fields? Yeah,
1: definitely. I mean, that, that's something I'm still kind of getting used to, obviously. But, uh, you know, it's definitely really special
0: to be kind of looked up in that way and, uh, just always doing the right thing let's talk about the the process of the drafts for the last couple months um you've been working out in texas now you you compete at the combine what what were your thoughts on the overall combine and how you did and, and what that experience was like yeah combine was a
1: really unique experience it's fun to be a part of to be kind of in that list of guys that go and you know i thought combine went really well for me tested well did put my best foot forward so no really complaints about how
0: combine went did you get a chance to kind of enjoy that moment and say, this is a once-in-a-lifetime type of thing? Yeah,
1: hundred percent. I mean, it's definitely a grind going through everything. There's constant things going
0: on while you're at Combo, To being able to sit down and so it and kind of embrace it is really fun. Have that attention of all the NFL teams looking at you. Um, what's that experience like when they're reaching out, they're contacting you, that you're going through that whole process?
1: Yeah, it's definitely really cool to have you know teams reach out and have express interest in you. Just, Thinking about as a kid and dreaming of playing and now
0: kind of being a part of it is definitely really something to soak in. The big uh, uh, question around the, the combine is oh they're going to try to trick you and ask you all these questions. Did that happen for you? Did you have any sort of weird experiences?
1: No I didn't uh, and none of the guys I really talked to did um, so I think you know that was kind of different about combine this year.
0: For you you made the switch from tackle to guard um, does that help you at the combine and, and in these interviews with the teams knowing you're a versatile guy. You you can obviously play a lot of different positions on that line.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think it helped me a lot. And like you said, going to the next level, it's definitely you know a big thing for me. And you, know, you guys always kind of have to play different spots, except for you know some of your you guys like Trent Williams, who it's obviously like, you know he's a left tackle, things like that. But being able to play multiple
0: positions does nothing but help. Leading up to the draft now, uh, where as we get into this week, um, what is the communication like with teams for you and? Is that all through your agent now, or, or do you have some contact?
1: Definitely both of us at this point. Uh, team's still asking for interviews, wanting to meet with me, things like that. Um, so it, it doesn't really stop. Do
0: you have an ideal spot
1: that you're hoping for? Yeah, I mean, obviously there's you know a list of teams in my head that I'd love to go
0: to, but at the end of the day, I, I mean, I'll go wherever and compete. As we prepare for the weekend of the draft in Kansas City, what is the prediction, prediction for you? Um, what, what are people saying about like, where, where they think you'll land?
1: Yeah, I mean, right now, I mean, with it being a week out, haven't really honed in too much on that, kind of waiting for next week to kind of dive in more about that.
0: What is the process after next weekend? Once you get that call, um, obviously that's a life-changing thing, but what what happens after that?
1: Yeah, so I'll get the call, and then probably honestly need, like, a little bit to kind of soak it in, (laughs) honestly. Probably need some time, but, uh, I mean, and once I get drafted, kind of get ready to go to work to whatever city I have to go to.
0: You'll be in Oxford next weekend for the draft, um, surrounded by family, friends, Um, when that call comes in, what's gonna go through your head?
1: It's gonna be pretty emotional, I think, for all of us. Just like we talked about, I mean, it's a lifelong dream, something you've always kind of dreamed of and hoped for, and kind of living out that dream and goal, it'll be something really, really special.
0: What's something that you're most excited for about this whole process that, you know, is a -a once-in-a-lifetime type deal?
1: I think just being able to compete against the best, um, being able to put myself in that group, you know, going against the guys like Aaron Donald, getting a chance to compete against those guys, you know, those future Hall of Fame
0: type of football players. When we, when Kirker sat up there with you and, and did the, the episode of The Life, and you were doing, going through the recruiting process, when I interviewed you in the parking lot after you committed to Ole Miss, um, did you think that you would get to this point? I, th-
1: I mean, growing up, I think it was definitely kind of a, a dream and then obviously once you get to college and you're around guys, it kind of becomes a goal. I don't think it really hit for me until after my freshman year that it was kind of something that could actually Potentially happen, um, so definitely seeing this pay off. It's really cool.
0: Best of luck next weekend, man. We're we're all watching and, and hoping for the best for you. Thanks to Nick for his time. Looking forward to seeing where he's headed and his next step. Now let's get to the great conversation with this week's special guest. Here is Taylorville graduate and UIS sophomore Chris Cherry. I'd like to welcome in Chris Cherry to the podcast this week. He, uh, if you don't know who he is, he's an excellent runner for UIS and uh, guy from Taylorville who chose to stay local and run and is doing absolutely great things there. Um, so let's start with this. As as we uh, approach, uh, as you get ready for conference, how are you feeling uh, here in, in late
2: April? Uh, I mean, last week I was pretty beat up with some sickness and it's kind of thrown me off, but other than that, I'm pretty confident. Um, conference, I'm only gonna run one event and kind of focus more on nationals, so kind of get ready for the bigger meet, I guess.
0: What is it like to say that you're a part of the UIS track program right now? Where would you say that you guys are at in terms of, you know, historically and also, you know, where you're at in the nation?
2: Yeah, so I mean UIS obviously came from basically nothing about seven years ago, and Pence has done a great job getting us to six in the nation just this year, so it's it's been uh, it was a lot at first so we kind of like were shocked, I think we shocked ourselves, and it's been, like, a lot of fun, like, because now we know we have, like, a legacy almost that we created, so.
0: So for you to join that, that program two years ago, um, what did you kind of expect knowing, you know, it it was on the come up, and you know what to get from Tyler, but at the same time, I mean, like you said, to, to get to this level this fast has got to be pretty impressive.
2: Yeah, I mean, I wasn't, like, I was skeptical when you said that we could be a top five team in the nation, and, and then this year, I think, uh, going into nationals I could kind of see that it was, it was possible but I still was like oh, I don't know and then we ended up doing it like top six was insane and I think I think that this really shows like how like special our team is and like where it's like it comes from our team it's not just like us just pulling in great talent like we have just people that want to work hard and be good
0: what does it take for what is how is a good coach for your sport? What what does it take, and what do you see um, that develops you guys?
2: Um, So I know, like, Pence is obviously very accomplished in his, like, own right, but I think even he, like, he would say he doesn't do much for us, but he really does. Like, it's just, like, the confidence level that he has, like, I think from him doing it before, and, like, we know, like, we can actually trust him. And I think that put together with, like, us, like, we all want to be good, and I think it just works out well at the end.
0: Right, I mean, I just don't feel like people quite understand um, your sport, because it's like, okay, you guys just go out there and run, how mm-hmm. hard can it possibly be yeah. to not only do it, but also coach you guys, and it's like, um, like you said, kind of the mental aspect of things, how much does that help when, like you said, you he's been through everything that you guys are possibly going to go through.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's just, there's like a lot of confidence issues, I think, that like a lot of people lack in running, and like, there's like a lot of talent, but then like, when it comes to the big stage, it's just like, you get all the nerves, and end up running bad and whenever you just have someone that's like been there done that like you can trust and just having that like as like your head coach is awesome
0: let's go back a little bit for you and kind of talk about your career um when did you know that you were going to be a runner when did you know that you were good at it
2: (laughs) i guess uh, sixth, seventh grade i knew i was good but i never really cared that much until literally my senior year of high school. I was like, <laughs> well, I, am I going to run in college? Like, what am I going to do? You know, I was just one of those kids that didn't know what I wanted to do in life, and, and then, yeah, senior year, I just kind of took it seriously, and I realized that I could be really, really good, and, and then I, I didn't get a lot of offers coming out of high school, so I kind of just got lucky that I ended up here at UIS, but I think it worked out pretty well, and yeah.
0: Did you play other sports when you were in sixth, seventh, eighth grade? I mean, yeah. How did you kind of decide, okay, I'm going to go run for a little while?
2: I mean, running is, like, obviously not the it's not the cool sport, I guess, <laughs> back in the day. So, like, I, I didn't really want to do it, but, like, I knew I was good. And, yeah, I played basketball, football, soccer. Like, I did it all pretty much. And then, like, once I get into high school, I, I pretty much quit everything except running. So,
0: How do you start running in sixth grade? Like, is there a cross-country coach that comes out and says, Hey, you look pretty fast out there.
2: Like, how do you, how do you, how do you, yeah. I mean, table, it's, their program now is getting better to where, like, they actually like, look for kids, but whenever I was there, like, they didn't have a junior high cross country team, and the track team was just, like, a small thing. Like, mm-hmm. it was no big deal. And so, I think it just started in PE, like, or playing recess, like, our teachers would see us running around, and they're yeah. like, okay, you, maybe you should go, like, <laughs> join the team. Like, you're pretty good. Yeah. So.
0: And for you, was it, like, I, I mean, I'm, I'm good at running, but I, I don't really like to, run. like, or was it something that you kind of enjoyed?
2: Like I enjoyed, like, just the winning aspect, I think, because, like, I'm just competitive. But, yeah. yeah, it took me a while to really understand, like, and, like, enjoy the the hardships of running.
0: In high school, like you said, you don't kind of probably take it too seriously until your senior year. Um, but at what point in high school did you start, you know, winning some bigger meets where you are like, okay, you know, clearly I'm pretty good at this. And like you said, if you're competitive, you always want to win no matter what.
2: Yeah, I mean... I guess like I started winning my freshman year but it was like a conference I'd get like second or third like there were some really good guys like guys that are still good nowadays and I think my sophomore year was the year that I realized that I could just compete naturally and I realized like okay maybe I should take it to the next level but then I just was kind of like shy about finding someone to help me until my senior year.
0: And then what goes into that process? How do you take it seriously? What what all do you have to do for that?
2: (sighs) Well, it was kind of weird because that's when COVID hit, so I went through, like, just all online school, and it was kind of, gave me an opportunity to to really, like, focus on, like, working out every day and, like, running and, like, just kind of set up, like, an actual schedule, and I know, like, a lot of high school kids, like, it's kind of hard for, because, like, you have school all day, and, like, we didn't have school all day, so it was kind of nice, but then also I had, uh, Chad Sutton from but he helped me to really, like, find where I needed to go and help me, like, put put me on the path to UIS
0: at what point do you start start taking you know the training seriously how do you set that schedule like you said of okay I'm going to run this far this long this many days I
2: mean it's just like the mindset thing from earlier like I just had to flip a switch from like being like that mediocre high school kid that just doesn't really care just kind of goes with the flow I went from that just to being like okay like if you want to be good you can be good like but if you want to be great like you got to lock in
0: and when you do that, do you have to do certain things like, okay, I, I got to stop eating McDonald's on these days, or I got to start, you know, actually going to the weight room and, and putting that time in?
2: Yeah, I mean, that was probably the hardest part was like the food of it. Like I didn't realize like how big a difference it makes. And once I started to get like, now I have a really good routine of like I eat pretty much the same thing every day. And, like you know, I'll throw in a little variety like at certain days for like before workouts or whatever. But that that was definitely the harder part, and then. Like, just trying to, like, convince yourself, like, okay, like, you can do this. Like, it was, like, a lot at first because you're, like, I'll go from running 20 miles a week to, okay, we're going to lock and around 70 miles this week. It was this huge difference. And, then like, big workouts, like 20-mile workouts where you're just, like, okay, am I, can I even run that far? Much less, like, do it fast. And so it was a big change.
0: Uh, like you said, you kind of got sick last week and, you know, have to get your body back Right. Um, how much now that you understand your body and understand what you can do, um, how much do you kind of feel that and, and understand, okay, I'm sick, so I have to shut down certain things, and how do you kind of, how is that different from in high school when you probably got sick and were just like, yeah, whatever?
2: Yeah, I mean, it was kind of weird because it hit me really hard, and I I usually don't get sick that bad, and I, I didn't really know what to do last week, so I kind of just pulled back mileage a lot and, like, intensity, and I just tried to keep myself, like, and the mindset of we need to get rid of it as fast as possible. It's okay if we don't run as much now, which kind of, like, it's not it's not a great time in the season to not be feeling good. Yeah. I'm a month out from uh, the 10K Nationals, so it's like I want to be feeling great for a race like that, like, right now. Which, it's just kind of, it's better, though, for me to just sit back and just get rid of it now and so I can go focus in for the next three weeks.
0: In terms of being a healthy human being, you're probably in the best shape of, Mm -hmm. you know, probably 0.5% of people. Um, So when you do get sick, what is it like for a person who is as healthy as you are?
2: (laughs) Well, you'd think, like, you wouldn't feel much, but I... I mean, even a couple of my other teammates, they got hit really hard, too, and it was like, I don't understand how we're getting (laughs) so sick, guys. Like, we're so, like, healthy. We eat healthy all the time. And, yeah, I thought it would Mm -hmm. already be gone by now also because we're just constantly, like, eating healthy. But, Yeah. yeah, it's still just sickness i don't know um
0: how much did your eating habits have to change when you got into college or how much did uis kind of help with that
2: i think last year was kind of rough because i was living on campus and like the union food it's good but like there's days where you're just gonna have to eat like something greasy like that you don't need and i think a lot of days like i ended up having just food that i didn't need and like junk food or something and and now that I'm living uh, in my own apartment, like, I can actually make, like, every single meal that I need, like, exact, like, nutrients, like, macros that I need. And that's helped a lot, so.
0: Did you, if I would to ask you that five years ago, did you think that you'd be, you know, preparing your meals <laughs> and eating that healthy? No, I mean, <laughs>
2: never, no, for sure.
0: Um, what about the physical side of the, like, we talked about the diet, but what about the, um, you know, the training and kind of that, the schedule? How much did that change once you got... Into the Prairie Stars program,
2: um, I, de- I mean, I was already like since I was in a good routine coming out of high school. I was I was in a pretty good routine like that matched up with UIS, except for I just didn't wake up that early. So like now I've had to pretty much wake up at five a.m. every day, compared to like when I was waking up like six or like maybe a little before six, but not a lot's changed except for the lifting. I just switched days from high school and then workouts are different days.
0: What is the, say you're two weeks out from your big race, what is your daily schedule in terms of um, running, eating, working out? And, mm-hmm. You know, what what would you say is kind of a normal day?
2: Uh, So, I I mean, two weeks out, I've been doing, I'll taper it down, like, 10% of mileage, and right now I'm not going to be at a lot of mileage anyways because I was sick, and I'm not sure exactly what we're going to do with this one, but normally I would do, like, I'd take, like, 10% off, it's, sec- like, two weeks out, and then that weekend, like, Week hours, whenever I'm just everything's healthy, like there's no junk food, like no extra sugars. Like, I'm trying to just cut down just a tiny bit of fat, to, like that perfect race weight. Yeah, it's so, like I don't like to do too much like a wrestler or like fire does, like where they just cut everything. Like, I like to cut just a little bit where it's healthy, right? And because the fatigue factor can <clears throat> obviously that can as well. Pain. Yeah, it's kind of like dangerous almost, just yeah. to, like go that deep. And so, I don't do too much on that, but I definitely, like, the week hours, like, I'm eating healthy and I'm trying to just like be perfect. And three days out, I mean, no caffeine. Like, I'm sleeping, like, eight to nine hours with a nap in the middle of the day. Especially if I race at night, like, I'm going to be sleeping during the day. Uh It's just, like, preparing your body. Like, I'm going to be, so say if I race at 8 o'clock, 8 p.m., then I'm going to be staying up until, you know, midnight every single day that week. And then so I'm adjusting my body so it doesn't feel tired at all at late night race.
0: Compared to, say, the off-season, say, whenever that is, when you have you know a couple months off, what is your weight difference?
2: Um, I only fluctuate like I don't know, like five pounds or so. Okay. And I know like some of the, like Blake Jones and Tyler like they like they're, they can cut some weight pretty hard and like they don't look like it, but the way they talk about it, I'm like, jeez, like that's almost unhealthy. But for me, like I, I'm already naturally pretty low. Obviously, I'm pretty skinny, just runner guy. I. I just try to not do too much, but it's usually around like five pounds at fluctuates. weights.
0: What's your favorite cheat meal when you get a chance to do that?
2: I like them all I don't know. I'm a big <laughs> ice cream guy, so okay. anything anything with ice cream, cheesecake, it's pretty much anything because like I don't eat like super unhealthy anyway. so yeah. it's like once like season's over, I see anything and I'm like, just give me it.
0: um okay, so walk me through what all you've what races you run this year and how how do you decide which ones? All right for you
2: um it was kind of weird with indoor I went from doing like a lot of like miles and 3k was like the biggest event I did and I was definitely in like all American shape I just didn't have a time to get international so it's like that kind of threw me off but I think I uh, took a lot of fitness in outdoor and we were out in North Carolina trying to get a 10k mark at the beginning of the outdoor season and I just didn't have the perfect race like it just wasn't set up great and just huge like there's like forty something people on the track, it's crazy. Wow. And I went to California with like the mindset of, okay, like I know like I'm fit, I know I can run like a national mark, like I know I can compete at nationals, like I just gotta do it. I was like the that's like the biggest thing of like talking about running. is like you can you can talk about it but then there's also doing it. And so when I went to California I think I was just very locked in on just hitting that mark. Compared to like indoor I would go into meets, like, okay, like, I need to just focus on nationals. Like, I don't, I'm not worried about these little races. Like, I'm going to get a time, which I didn't, didn't end up getting time cause I wasn't focused on it. And so outdoor kind of took, like, okay, I need to focus on getting the time first and then go to nationals.
0: So how do you pick which one you want to, which race you want to shoot for? How do you decide that? And throughout your team, are there different guys that do different races?
2: Yeah, I mean, a lot of times, like, with a smaller school like ours, it's a little bit easier because we're mainly just like cross country programs, so we have a lot of distance guys and there's just certain meets out like big D one meets that we'll go to. So like the North Carolina one I'm talking about is Riley Relays. And they have like pretty much every single event is just stacked there, like even like sprinters and stuff. But they also have really good like five K, ten Ks and so <clears throat> we we kinda plan on like having that meet as like an opener as like, okay, like this is like a rest buster for a 10K because we didn't get to run one all indoor. But then the one that we usually are like just locked in on is California because that's like the biggest meet in the country all year. Yeah. So
0: When you, like you said, you were in indoor, you're running miles, and then you switch to a 10K. <laughs> that's a pretty big difference.
2: Yeah, it's definitely, it's weird at first, but like whenever you have a lot of speed for the mile and then you go to a 10K, it's like, okay, I just need to just hang on for this first part, and, like, I know I'm going to be fine at the end. So I think it, like, kind of works out in a way. It's just a kind of a big jump at first, for sure. <laughs> uh,
0: the, the way you're smiling means you understand what I'm saying. Like, to go from, like, the, to me, like, obviously you're in shape and you can run that, but how does the mindset change from you running a mile to you running a 10K, or even a 5K is, is pretty long, <laughs> Yeah, pretty it different. is a lot
2: different. So, like... When I go into a mile, like, I'm looking for the perfect spot. Like, I'm going to get there, and, like, I know the race is going to end sooner, and, like it feels like. Yeah. Like, you always get to that last lap, and you're like, oh, shit, like, I got to go. Like, yeah. it's time to go. And 10K, it's, it's like this race you can start off, you know, have 40 guys in one heat, and you can start off in the very back and end up winning. Like, there's just so much that happens in the race, and I think, like, it's easier almost in a 10K because you just have a lot more time to react to it. Whereas, like, a mile, is like if something happens and you don't see it, It's, like, game over. For me, I'm not, like, the tallest guy, so, like, all my teammates are pretty much taller than me. Yeah. And so I got to, like, pay attention, like, as soon as we're going around a turn, you know, I can see, like, the front guys with am sitting in the back, and I'm like, okay, they're getting ready to move, so I need to move up, and I have to be a lot more careful than a taller guy would for sure.
0: Right. I mean, you think about a mile, and you're like, oh, you know, you got plenty of time, but like you said, you have to be able to react so fast, and how much, like, how much mentally sharper do you have to be when you run, with shorter distances because like you said one mistake and and that's
2: the race yeah. I mean you definitely have to pay attention more it's just like being in the right spot helps a lot too so like just off the line like you need to get in the right spot in a mile whereas like 10k like you might get shoved around and not get in the right spot but you can find your way back there eventually
0: do you guys <laughs> practice situations like that?
2: I mean I do like mentally like myself but uh-huh. I don't know if my teammates necessarily do it's like yeah. And also, like, where we're at right now with the team, we don't have, like, the biggest pack up front. So, like, our top guys will kind of just run, like, three or four guys. So it's kind of hard to, like, simulate some of those situations. Yeah. But I definitely, like, look for it, like, personally. Like, okay, like, imagine this is the end of the race, you know. Right. Just so, like, I can be, when I get in the race, you know, have the confidence, like, just to be able to, okay, I can go, I can do this.
0: Mentally, what goes through your head when you, you know, Put yourself in those situations like walk me through the breakdown of okay worst case scenario best case scenario for you know certain things
2: yeah i mean a lot of times like those especially like the 10k or, like if you're going farther than that like in a workout it's like anything can happen like any second like you'll be feeling good at mile four and then mile five you're like am i going to be able to finish this it's like it's night and day difference from this one mile to the next and i think like i kind of start off like my workout like just trying not to think about too much And then when I get to the end, that's when I'm like, okay, now, like, let's start, like, working forward. Like, let's see what we can do. And if I make, like, one surge and, like, my teammates go with me, I'm like, okay, like, we're all feeling good here. You know, I can kind of, like, feel out the pack. And there's just a lot to think about, and it varies, like, different, like, workouts and stuff. So, like, if we're on the track, like, there's, like, usually going to be less time for us to really, like, fall apart. Whereas, like, if we're at Washington Park, like, doing a longer tempo, you know, it could just end up being me just running out there by myself. Like, you never know.
0: When you're competing in a race, like a 10K, how much of that time are you mentally locked in on You know every situation, and how much of that time are you you know, just kind of blank and just kind of running?
2: I mean, it was kind of weird because North Carolina I was very zoned out, and I think it kind of hurt me almost. But then in uh, California, I didn't know my field very well. I just knew it was a bunch of really good D2 guys. And so what I did was just kind of, okay, like, I know this guy's, he was an All-American across country. Like, I just kind of put myself, like, with those guys to where, okay, I'm just going to follow, and then that way if I follow them and I can just kind of, like, zone out. And, like, North Carolina, I didn't know anyone in that heat except for my own teammates. So it was just, like, okay, like, I don't know what to do. Like, is this guy going to be good? Is this guy going to be bad? And So, like, North Carolina, or California, it was a lot easier to, like, just find a spot and, like, okay, I can just follow this guy. He knows what he's doing.
0: In a 5K or even a 10K, um, how much does the mental aspect of it wear you down? Maybe more than the physical, or is that possible?
2: It's definitely like that's the hard part. I think of uh, a lot of those longer races is like you you question if like can you make it? Like yeah. halfway to the race, you're like, am I gonna be able to finish this? And like, am I gonna be able to finish it fast? Like I might be able to just finish, but is it gonna be worth it? And, I think yeah, like that's what like I always go back to like the zoning out, for, like that first part, so you're not overthinking things. Cause then you start to feel something little, like oh my hamstrings are really tired right now. Like I don't know if I can make it. But like yeah, zoning out is just like trying not to think too much, like that beginning part. Right. Once it comes down to it, like you gotta be sharp. You gotta be ready to make moves.
0: Cause like you said, mentally, if you're competitive, you want to be in a spot where you can win. Or like you said, you know, you gotta get that time or that certain time, but. Mm-hmm. Um, like, all the training that you do and all the running that you do, like, you know your body can do it. It's just got to be a factor of, okay, I got to put myself in the right yeah. position to do that.
2: And I think that's, like, the scary part about a 10K compared to, like, a mile. Like, a mile, I can pretty much just go out and just be like, okay, let's just send it, you know? Yeah. Like, there's not much time for my body to fall apart, and whereas, like, a 10K is like, okay, you need to be a little bit careful, but, like, very confident, like, with making moves and... That's where I always look back on workouts for confidence. Like, okay, I pretty much have already done this, so it's like, let's go put it on track.
0: When you get to the level of UIS and you understand not only what your coaches are doing for you, but also your teammates are obviously there to compete just as hard as you are. And, you know, like in high school it's a little different because you just got people out there running probably for the most part. Mm -hmm. Um, How much does that help you as a competitor to have teammates who are... You know, at
2: that next level. It's I mean it's cool also because we're all like local guys, so pretty much all of us except for a handful have ran into each other in high school. So that's like a cool atmosphere. Like just every day, like our practice, you can tell we're all Illinois guys. Like we're all very similar, and I think that like just like mental aspect of it just immediately helps like the team like in every day to day. Like we enjoy going to practice. We enjoy hanging out with each other after. Like. We'll go to the union and we'll all be like 20 guys on the table like the whole team's there and so whenever you can t- like, take in like that like really good like bonding experience straight into like a workout where you're like it's going to be tough it's good to do it with people that you like trust you care about
0: in your sport how important is it to have good teammates
2: <laughs> I didn't think it was that important until I came to UIS for sure and US is definitely like that's the program as a team and I think the coaches see that, and every single visit that some kid comes on here, some high school kid, like, he sees, like, our team is like, that's, like, our prized possession. Like, that's, like, what right. we show off. We flaunt that. Like, I mean, U.S. is no, like, beautiful campus school. Like, you know, there's nothing crazy about it. But the team is, like, where we always, like, pull in all the recruits and everything.
0: And how does that team aspect help you during a race? Is it mostly mental?
2: <clears throat> there's definitely, like... It, it's reassuring knowing that, like, your guys are there, like, if you're in the race with them. But a lot of times, like, you're not going to be in the same race as your team cause, like, you're just in these huge meets where, like, like, there's just one second can separate you from one heat to the next. But you know, like, your teammates are going to be there, like, on the sideline making sure, like, they're telling you splits, like, making sure they're telling you about your form, giving you mental cues. and Yeah, they definitely like, look out for you.
0: What, uh... What how do you build that chemistry with it with the team? Like like you said, you guys a couple of Athens guys I mean, that's not far from Taylorville in mm-hmm. terms of the the grand scheme of, you know, D two athletics. Um, what how do you build that sort of chemistry with those guys? Is it just, you know, the time and, you know, understanding that you guys are going through it together?
2: I think yeah, it's just like we're locals and like we want to go do something big and it's cool to like not only be, like, a part of, like, something that's close to home, but it's, like, okay, like, these guys are all from Illinois. Like, we can make, like, Illinois, like, hurt almost, I guess. And, like, that's what we kind of went to with Cross was, like, okay, like, we're good, but, like, we need to go show, like, everyone else that we're good. Like, we know it, but not everyone else knows it. Right.
0: And how important do you think that is, um, not only for this area, but for, like, Illinois and just for, like, the sport in general to have um, guys like you that, you know, kids around here can look up to? Because, I mean... Who did you look up to when you decided okay you know maybe I want to run
2: uh, yeah I do mean that. there wasn't a lot to like look up to I mean there's definitely great like great runners like from other schools and I didn't really pay attention as much but I definitely I didn't have anyone from Taylorville that was like winning state titles or anything so I didn't really know what to like look forward to and I think it does help a lot like having a program just down there from my hometown because they're building a really good cross country program now at junior high which I think is leading into the high school program, which is just, like, it's all working out really well, like, long run. And you can see that, like, they'll come to our meets, like, our home meets, and they'll come watch us, and they'll say hi. They'll ask for autographs (laughs) sometimes. It's pretty cool. But, yeah, I think it, it definitely, like, it's big for, like, the community, not only just us, but the community. Why do you
0: think it's a positive to have more kids involved in track and field, more kids involved in cross country? Why do you think that that could be, you know, beneficial?
2: I mean kind of like looking back like on myself like I would have ended up like probably not in like a the most ideal place like as far as school like I wouldn't be very focused I know like a, getting up at 5 a.m every day kind of forces me to be like on top of things and like recovering and doing my homework like if I want to compete like you know get a good grades I think like starting off at a younger age would have been a lot bigger for me like looking at it now but it kind of it kind of taught me a lesson, like once I got into it, like, started taking it seriously. I was like, okay, like, wow, it's a lot easier to do my day-to-day like this. Like, it's, I gotta force myself to do it, but it ends up being worth it, and I think um, a lot of kids are, you know, they don't want to play football or basketball and stuff and mess around and chase girls, but in the grand scheme of things, like, you need to eventually figure it out but like, okay, I need to lock in i this is real life, you know, so. <laughs>
0: Um, And and that's hard to explain to a 15, 16, 17-year-old kid, like Mm -hmm. they don't care what you have to say for the rest of their
2: life. (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't have cared if someone told me that, but...
0: Um, But in terms of, you know, even at the junior high level, like you said, um, to have kids just being active, not not necessarily even, you know, running a a cross-country race, but just the fact of, you know, being able to run, being able to stay in shape, um, the the obesity numbers in America continue to climb. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay if people understand that this is a competitive sport, that you can have, you know, that competitive juice, um, in something like this, that, you know, you don't have to spend a ton of money playing travel baseball or, you know, playing hockey. Like running is definitely an option that, you know, what, what would be your pitch to somebody who says, you know, I don't want to just go out there and run. Like, that's boring.
2: (laughs) I mean, not only like the obesity thing, but like, just like the mental health thing. It's like, it, running just teaches you like you gotta be tough, like mentally, like you gotta go out there every day and just pound your legs off the ground just non stop. I think like whenever you just look at also it's like the money parts, like it's so simple. Like if you I mean if there's nothing there's no other options like you can always just try it, you can if you don't like it just quit, you know? But there's always like yeah, just getting people into it's the hard part. So. Right. And
0: like you said, the just getting out and doing it and having that discipline but also you know, being outside, being away from looking at a screen all day mm-hmm. or, you know, getting some vitamin D from the sun. It's like, yeah. I don't think people understand how much healthier that can make a person who, even if you can't run far, even if you can't run fast, it's mm-hmm. like, just, just get out there and try.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, that was like the biggest change for me too, is like, I've had so much more just like steady energy just from just being like more disciplined. And like back in high school, like I'd stay up real late. I didn't really care and like, I noticed like a huge change in like my mood and everything and how like much serious like much more serious I am about like just my day to day just being able to be disciplined
0: and like you said that takes a a decision that you have to make in terms of your life and your habits um, but like you said that in the long run it, it far outweighs the, the other side of things where you're just going to go down a negative path of mm-hmm. eating unhealthy, you know, sleeping yeah. all the time. And just, like, all those bad habits are not good for... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like it's it's obvious to say, but at the same time, it's not. I don't yeah, it's like.
2: just hard to get people to start, like, just being healthier in general. But I think, like, you know, once you start, like, it's so much easier to keep going. Uh-huh. The hardest part is just the starting.
0: Um, what about for you? Not, like we said, you're obviously still only a sophomore at UIS, what is what is the goals for this year and what is the goals for for you moving
2: forward um i mean this year i really want to be an all-american in 10k uh, i think i could be close in the five if i get a time in it's just now that like i was sick it's almost just like survival mode right now it's like okay we're just gonna to get to nationals like just make sure like we're in and i, I mean i want to be obviously a national champ like I, I want to win it all but it's like i just gotta keep my head down keep grinding and make sure that i'm able to do it
0: do you feel like you have all the opportunity and all the tools to to achieve that to be a national gma
2: i mean yeah for sure like looking back to like high school like it would have been so cool to start early and like really start getting after some training but i think it's going to play out for me really well like long term like because i i mean i want to go from college to like a pro team or some sort of pro contract where like i can keep running like i might still i might need to start working but like i want something where i can keep on trying to like run competitively kind of like tyler almost but um i think i'll stay on the track for a little bit longer because he kind of just went straight to the marathon i I don't think i'll do that until later on but i definitely want to keep running after college how much
0: of an opportunity is there for that because i mean i feel like that's something not a lot of people know about what what professionally can you do in the running world
2: it's definitely it's really hard to get like a good contract right now but like the running world has grown so much just in the past two years that's like by the time I graduate I'm sure there's going to be some really good contracts out there there's just there's a lot of new brands and new teams coming out to where it's almost becoming like they're going to turn into like an NFL you know we're going to have like a national association where like they do like track meets throughout the country every year it should be kind of cool and like a lot of money like there I think um I think in two years, like, there'll be, like, a lot of opportunities for me to get, like, a smaller contract. Like, I mean, Nike is, like, the number one, I think, for anyone would just be, like, (laughs) okay, if I get a Nike contract, like, that's pretty legit, because you can actually live off that, but then, like, there's these smaller teams where, like, you can go run for 10-man elite, which are, like, a bunch of, like, younger guys, and... They're, they're very popular, but, like, they don't make a ton of money just because, like, they're not sponsored by a huge brand. Like, they just got sponsored by Adidas, so, like, they're probably making a little bit more now. But, like, back when they started, they weren't much. And I think that's, like, it would be cool to be a part of something like that. It's almost like another UIS, and you get to grow something, like, right. from the ground up. And
0: um, in the NFL, it's obviously all the money there is the TV contracts and how that has, you know, just grown so much over the last even 10 years. Um, But do you feel like with so many different streaming platforms now and, like you said, the popularity of growing, that, like, there will be those opportunities for, you know, say, a Netflix to pick up, you know, an opportunity to Mm -hmm. to show races every week or YouTube, something like that where, I mean, just five years ago we didn't have so many of these things that, like Mm -hmm. you said, in five years there could be races that you could compete in every single week and, you know, that opportunity has got to be exciting where you're like, you know, this is… Something
2: that has endless possibilities. I mean, that's the confusing thing about it is, like, because you can't go and run, like, for me, for, say, like, 10K. You're not going to be able to go back-to-back weeks just running 10K. Like, So it's kind of, like, tricky in that sense. But, yeah, it's definitely, like, a possibility, like, to wear, like, a bigger service. Because, like, I'm sure they have, like, flow sports for, like, other sports. But, like, they have flow track specifically. Mm -hmm. that is like, a lot of uh, races are on that. Like, a lot of, like, bigger schools pay flow track just to cover them. And so I definitely, there's, there's been a lot more money coming in, like, the recent years for sure with uh, just recording meets in general. And I think um, you see, like, a lot, like, I mean, a lot of, like, people that don't watch running fight don't notice, but there's, like, been a lot more big, like, pro meets that are put together. And it's, it's growing pretty quickly, so it's just, like, waiting for something big to happen, I think, and just to take off.
0: How exciting is that for you as a, you know, a guy who's still in college and can see the possibilities? Is that... Kind of make you work a little bit harder. Like, okay, this isn't. I'm not just going to be done running in two years. Like, mm-hmm. competitively, anyway.
2: Yeah, it's 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 almost scary though. Cause it's like, um, it's like you know, if you want to go big, you're going to have to run like you know, two minutes faster than this 10k. Like, you got to be like doing a lot more, you know. And it's like daunting to think about it for, like right now, but like I know like down the road, like I'm going to be a lot closer to those times I need and. It's just going to take just, like, that one like big race for me to get my name out there, I feel like.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, outside of athletics, what about academics? What are you studying and what do you
2: want to do? Um, so I'm, I'm in business finance right now, and I, I'm... Uh, kind of leaning towards like an accounting slash finance degree uh-huh. but like I really like both those fields um my plan my original plan is just to be a financial advisor yeah. and I don't know exactly where like I, if I want to start like my own business or like work out of somewhere but that's like my number one goal is like after college like to somehow get into like the finance world and kind of like, start my own thing but then it's kind of tricky because like I want to run at the same time like but starting your own business, there's a lot of work to do. Right. It's like trying to run professionally, there's a lot of work to do. So I'm still trying to figure out exactly when I want to go for, like, a big professional, like, job like that. Or if I want to just stay, like, running for the next 10 years.
0: Well, good thing is you still got some time to figure that out. A little bit, yeah. yeah. Um, last question I got for you is, what is the weirdest thing that you've seen while you've been running?
2: <laughs> the weirdest thing? Um... I saw a girl run barefoot this year on a track. That was probably one wow. of the weirder things I've seen for sure. During a race? <laughs> yeah, she came flying around the corner and it was really like it was on a, a banked indoor track, so it's like kind of like loud when you step on it, anyways. Yeah. But the way she was slamming her feet off the ground, you're like, is it real barefoot? And she was like, just came around the corner. She was flying until I was like, wow. <laughs> that's, that's new.
0: What about during training, like outside? <laughs>
2: Um, I've seen my teammates do some pretty gross things, yeah. but I probably shouldn't speak about those. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, you definitely, running is definitely one of those sports you see a lot of crazy things just happen. It's like it's, your body just shut down and something happens, you know?
0: Yeah. And, I mean, if you talked about UIS and the campus, and it's got to be um, nice to be able to run. Like, there's a lot of nice things to look at out here yeah. compared to, you know, running in the city or, you know, just...
2: For sure. I mean... That's what's kind of cool, like, traveling to other places and seeing, like, their campuses, and it's, like, it's cool. But then, like, a lot of them are just, like, crazy busy. Yeah. And UIS is, like, very calm, and, like, it's kind of peaceful to, like, go out there and just be, like, okay, I don't have to worry about getting hit by a car right now, but...
0: I just worry about getting hit by a deer or something. (laughs) Yeah,
2: you're more worried about the animals than you're out of the car, so there's just an abundance of animals over there, but... Awesome. Thanks, man. I appreciate your time. Yeah, for sure.
0: Thanks to Chris for his time and great conversation and insight. And thank you all for listening. I appreciate your support. If you enjoyed the show, comment and let me know. And please share it so others can check it out. Thank you all. I'll see you next week.